The 2021 Ford Bronco Sport is built for the next generation of adventure seekers. This 4x4 is compatible with any and every trip. Its features include seven available goat modes to go over any type of terrain. It's also available with trail control and twin clutch rear drive unit to help get where you need to go. Head over to Ford.com to build and price your Ford Bronco Sport today. Built wow, built Ford proud. This year, the first day back isn't just for kids. We're all going to have a first day back. Families, companies, the whole country. But we shouldn't go back to square one. Let's embrace the lessons of this past year and move forward. Make our health a priority. Spend more time with loved ones. And find everything you need at Kohl's. Whether you're headed to the classroom, the office, or a gathering with friends. For kids heading back to school, Kohl's has the latest looks from top activewear brands like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, and more, including backpacks. That's right, the kids will actually have to carry their books again, so make sure they look good doing it. For the grown-ups, Kohl's has the beauty must-haves and stylish accessories you'll want, because for those who have been working from home, the days of being seen only from the shoulders up are over. So go ahead, save on everything you and your family need to move forward at Kohl's or Kohl's.com today. Matthew Knowles Impact is a production of iHeartRadio and Music World Entertainment Corporation. Hello, this is Matthew Knowles Impact. Now, I have to tell you, I woke up this morning, my voice was a little deeper. I'm actually not going there with my very white voice, uh, but I could. But anyway, we, we have a wonderful, exciting guest today, Claudia Jordan. Let me tell you about Claudia. She's known throughout the entertainment industry and the black community as an informed yet outspoken voice of truth from teenage model to actress to reality star and TV host. Claudia has blazed a path like no other by leveraging her smarts, her beauty and her ability to tell it just like it is. Claudia began her modeling career in high school in 1997. She won the Miss Rhode Island USA title. I don't think I know anybody from Rhode Island. And then she became the second black African-American woman ever to hold that honor, which helped catapult her to a top 10 finish at the Miss USA. Uh, We'll talk more about that one. She went on to work on a number of popular TV shows, including Deal or No Deal, The Price is Right, and Celebrity Apprentice before breaking through as a cast member on The Real Housewives of Atlanta while simultaneously co-hosting the nationally syndicated The Ricky Smiley Morning Show. She is now the new host on VH1's Love and Hip Hop Reunions. She also hosts her own show, Out Loud, with Claudia Jordan every Tuesday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. Claudia, where are you? (laughs) 
I'm right here. Oh, Hello. there you are. There you are. I'm looking for you. I'm looking at my notes and there you are. How are you today? I am really good. You know what? I think you do know someone from Rhode Island, but you may not know it. Jeffrey Osborne is from Rhode Island. Well, you're right. That's uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that he was from Rhode Island. I, I tell you, I don't know. He never met Rhode Island. We we <laughs> often forget that is a state. People say uh, the first thing they say, there's black people in Rhode Island. I'm like, yeah. And I was Miss Rhode Island. And they were some people were really uh, offended or bothered by that. But that's OK. I don't mind offending or bothering when I'm trying to blaze a path. I'm and okay that, that you have done, Claudia. I want to go jump right in here. Your mother was born in Italy. Yes. She's Italian, obviously. Mm-hmm. Is she white? She is very white. And your dad is black. He's black. And from he's from originally New York, but uh, grew up in Rhode Island. He was in the Air Force and worked at the base in, uh, in Brindisi, which is the closest part of Italy to Greece, and met my mom there. And that was really rebellious back then, 1970, 71. You know, they just made it legal to vote, uh, to, to, to marry interracially in 1968. So I was thinking about that the other day. Like my mom had to be quite a trailblazer and kind of like a, a rebel. Both of them actually to do that back then when it was just like barely legal to do that. Yeah. And just to think that at one point in America and some other places in the world, it was actually illegal for a black person to marry a white person. I mean, just to the thoughts of that just seems just so far-fetched. But I, I talk to us more. I, I just want to understand more about growing up and getting in these pageants, because I remember when my girls were in pageants growing up. Uh, what was that like for you? So I never thought I'd be a pageant girl. I didn't ever think I was really cute, especially when you grow up with, you know, biracially. I, I don't like to call myself biracial. I call myself a black woman. That's, that's how I identify and that's how I live my life. And that's how the world sees me. So that's what I embrace. But the fact of the matter is, you know, I did grow up with a white mom, black dad. And because of that, sometimes you don't really feel like you're attractive. Um, I know people f- find that, may find that hard to believe because of the privilege that light skin and mixed women get in America. But I didn't really feel like I was anything special because you know, you get those backhanded compliments. Like the white kids would say, oh, you're cute for a black girl, as if the standard was different. And then, you know, being told from the other side sometimes that you're not black enough, you ain't no real black girl. So you didn't really feel that comfortable growing up. You felt like, well, what am I? But I, you know, definitely felt more comfort with being more towards my black side. But um, I only say that to say that when the pageant thing came around, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing for me to do that. I was a nerd. I love science. I would go to the ponds and catch turtles and get water samples. I was going to be a scientist. I was going to cure cancer. But a chance, you know, visit to the mall with my mom. There was a model search with John Casablanca's. And they asked me if I wanted to model. I'm like, absolutely not. And they talked my mom into bringing me into the, the, the agency. And then, you know, while I was there, they convinced me to, to try out and run for Miss Teen Rhode Island. And I'm like, we don't have any money for that, mom. You know, at the time, my parents were divorced and she's an immigrant from Italy and working in a factory. I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, you get to spe- spend money on gowns and, you know, just everything that it takes to, to enter. And I, I don't want to waste my mom's money. My girls, they were in those pageants, but we would only let them do the music competition. I, I just 
as a, a father and as parents, also my former wife, Tina, we just couldn't wrap our heads around just some of the parents and especially some of the mothers and how all out and how competitive and how crazy that would be sometimes. And the little young girls looking like grown women, I thought not appropriate for a kid. Um, did that happen to you at all? Well, I wish I had one-tenth of the musical ability of your beautiful daughters, Solange and Beyonce. I mean, you, you, you got like the best of the best of your daughters. I didn't have any of those kind of skills or talents that mine were more like I was book smart. I was, I, I was a trivia queen, but that wasn't, you know, anything in the competition. I, I do see what you mean. Back in my day, the Miss Teen pageant, they wouldn't allow you, we couldn't compete in um, two-piece bathing suits. So it was a little bit more conservative, but you're still being judged by your body. And I know what you mean, because looking back, I'm like, damn, they really had us up there being judged by some strangers as we think you're cute. You're the cutest. You're the second cutest. You're the third cutest. You're last. And if you think about it, it is kind of messed up, you know, and it really isn't based on a talent. It's based on someone's opinion that day and what's in. And I've judged pageants. I've judged Miss Universe and Miss USA. And I've sat next to judges where I'm looking at what they think is beautiful and what, you know, seeing all the black girls getting low scores by the judge that's sitting right next to me, who sometimes one time was even a black man, giving all the black girls low scores. So I'm feeling like I had to be here and level the playing fields. I'm like, oh, you're giving that sister a seven? I'm gonna give her a 9.9. Oh, you give that basic white girl a, a, a 9.9? I'm gonna give her a seven. We're gonna even the playing fields. I felt like I had to be like the Robin Hood of pageants and try to make things even. And you know, I've seen that happen. And and that's life. I mean, that's what we talk about on Matthew Knowles Impact, Claudia. We're gonna get comfortable here and just get really into a, a, a conversation. There's two things I wanna talk about. One you just touched on, and I purposely didn't comment, and that's colorism. And the second half, we'll talk about colorism. I really want to get deep into my listeners just listening and hearing other perspectives and opinions on colorism. And I have a special guest that's going to come on that's going to call in. Uh, but the Celebrity Apprentice, in the second season, uh, then you went on to work with the Miss USA, as you just spoke. You worked with Donald Trump. What was that like? Well, at the time, I didn't know he was the man that we've come to see now. And I have to admit that I was naive or ignorant to the fact of his history with, you know, the discrimination in New York. I didn't know about any of that stuff. I was going by the man that I met in 1997 when he bought the Miss USA pageant. But we didn't stay in touch. But then we reconnected uh, when he came to Deal or No Deal. And he was kind of grooming me to be on, you know, Celebrity Apprentice. If he's in your corner and he likes you, he'll go hard for you. And he will give you loyalty for the most part. You know, as, as long as his ego is intact and he feels like your success is because of him, he will go hard for you. And I actually like the man as a friend, but I do recognize when it comes to that whole privilege thing that he was attracted to me and he liked me. And he, you know, it wasn't a secret, but I did put him in the friend zone. and. He made one comment to me that was uh, racist and I checked him immediately and he never went there again with me. And then, so that's why when he started campaigning and was going so hard against Barack Obama, you know, with the whole birther bullshit, I was very disappointed because I'm like, that's not the Trump that was shown to me. He made a comment one time and he told me that, um, you know, you shouldn't waste your time dating black men. I said, why is that? 
He said, they don't have any money. I said, so all, what, half a billion of them in the world, or however many there are, brothers in the world, black men in the world, uh, they just, they're just not worth anything to you? I said, you probably shouldn't say that to anyone of color ever again. And then he never did. Wow. So, so Claudia, you're alleging that Donald Trump said to you, why are you dating black men? Because we don't have any money. Yes. Wow. And at the time I was dating an Olympic gold medalist, world's record holder in track and fields. And, and it was just like, I, I mean, he's a good dude. He's successful. But to them, it's all about the dollar. And that's that. You know what I mean? And again, he was also hollering. So that was his. That's where his strength is, I guess. I'm going to talk more about Donald Trump, because, you know, when you work with someone and how many years did you work with Donald Trump? Let's see. I met him. Well, he, around 2005. I would say about, it was about a good five years, maybe five, six years. That's quite significant because when someone works with someone five or six years, it's sort of like going to school. When you're a, a student and a, a, a kid and you're going to junior high, high school, you spend more time at your school than you do any place else. The same with a, a job. You spend more time on your job than you do any place else. So it becomes a, an environment that you quickly, especially in three, four years, you understand. So I have a number of questions because you work with the man. I talk about white man privilege quite a bit on Matthew Knowles' impact. So, Claudia, what does that look like when you were working with Donald Trump? Is he considered privileged? Does he consider himself privileged? One thousand percent he considers himself privileged because he is. People like Donald Trump have really rarely heard the word no. I mean, he didn't have to decide if he's going to have top ramen or oatmeal or pay the mortgage or keep the phone on or the electricity. He's never had that. I have. He was born with, you know, the word yes on a silver spoon, on a platinum spoon in his mouth. So the word no is like, you're not telling me no. And I didn't really see that attitude and the negativity when we were friends. It was when he began to have political aspirations that I saw him turn right in front of our eyes into a monster. And I felt like, damn, was I naive when I was hanging with them, when I was cool with them? Or was I just, did, I, did, it, did he not show it to me? Or did he really just take it to another level when he you know, started getting into political and politics? I did see how he kind of changed from the time that Barack Obama clown the hell out of him at that White House correspondence dinner. It seemed like he just got this fire in him. Like he's going to, he has to beat this black wait, man. By wait, 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 Claudia. I want to stop you right there because okay. I remember that dinner and I remember that look that Donald Trump had and President Obama was roasting him in front of everyone. And mm -hmm. I just saw in Donald Trump's eyes that, hey, you're laughing at me now. But watch what I do. I think that was a defining moment, just watching it. I mean, I saw this, this guy's whole body language change. And, and I always said that because I understand entertainment, that he had an audience of over 10 million people and that this guy really had a chance to win because I understand audience. And, and I understand a lot of politicians start with a small audience. He came out of the gate with 10, 
15 million people that loved him, his base. He had a base before he even came into the presidency. So, so tell me, Claudia, I, I want to get back to you said he was attracted to you. I don't, I don't quite understand what the hell that means when you say Donald Trump was attracted to you. You don't think I'm cute, Matthew? I ain't cute. Well, I'm going to let you explain this to me. I mean, I don't quite know what that meant when you said he's he was attracted okay. to me. What does I'm being funny, but I you know. know, when he first met me, I was very feisty. I wasn't uh, an ass kisser when he met me. Never really was in my life. I think he liked that. I think he's so used to the word yes that maybe it was challenging. Maybe it was funny. Maybe it was like kind of cute to have this little feisty black girl. Like she pushing back, you know, like when I first met him at Deal and Odeo, he was asking some of the models uh, on set, you know, if they'd be interested in coming on Celebrity Apprentice. And a lot of them weren't really into it. They were like, yeah, it's a business show. My ears perked up because at the time I was like using my modeling money. You know, I bought a condo, then I bought a house. And I was like talking to girls about saving money and not really spending money in their bags. And this show might not last that long. So I was kind of business minded and a little bit older than some of the other models. So he comes up to me after some of the other girls told him, you need to talk to Claudia. And he says, I hear you're the girl I need to talk to. I said, you damn right. What took you so long? Yes. Like that show would be for me. And so his security got my information and we, you know, he started calling me and keeping in touch. And we talked about the show. And then I just think he thought I was funny and he thought I was interesting. He thought I was, you know, cool. And he was like, I'm going to put you on the show. And it was pushback from NBC the first season because I thought I wasn't big enough. But he met me on Celebrity on Deal or No Deal, which was the highest rated show on NBC since Friends, even more so higher ratings than Celebrity Apprentice. He had about 10 at one point and went down to nine, eight, seven, six. We were at 13 million viewers in our fourth season. So we like had, you know, that show was popping. We were everywhere. And so, um, yeah, it took him a while. And I think because NBC told him no at first about me, it made him say, like, I understand how his mind works. Oh, they told him no. I don't even have to say anything. He was going to fight with them until they said yes. And I remember being in his office with my friend Kelly and uh, NBC was saying they were pushing back. And he said, you put her on my damn show or I'm not doing it. All right. I said, if yeah. you, I said, Donald, don't fight that hard because people are going to start wondering what the motivation is here. Don't have me looking like I'm your mistress or like there's anything more than it is. And so he's like, no, I know. I know what I'm doing. I know ratings. It wasn't about me at that point. It was about someone telling him no. And he was going to make a point to make it happen just because they told him no. And I just was, I benefited from it. You know what I mean? So, so I'm going to just say it like a black man would say it, Claudia, you alleging that Donald Trump tried to hit on you. And also Claudia, he was your employer. At the time he wasn't really, um, it wasn't during the time we shot Celebrity Apprentice. It was kind of in between. A lot of you women listeners right now, this isn't anything that they will be like, oh my God, that's unbelievable. A lot of women, since we're very young, are, we're raised, right? And, and, and socialized to be nice. Even when someone else is imposing on us, overstepping their boundaries, their boundaries, they're, they're being inappropriate. We get uncomfortable and we make them feel comfortable instead of us saying, hold up, like, hold up. Hell no. A lot of times we're like, <laughs> we laugh it off. So you don't feel uncomfortable at our own expense. This is something that we've been doing since we are like 13, 14, 15 years old. That's why a lot of women don't tell. A lot of girls don't tell. We just keep it to ourselves and we deal with it. No, yeah, but Claudia, that's not right. And the world it's has not. changed. And I can tell you 
as a black man who's gone to therapy for years for racial trauma, trauma does exist. And it took me a long time to understand when I used to hear women say, 20 years ago, this man did something to me inappropriate. It took me a long time to understand what that meant. And I would blow it off like really 20 years ago. Well, trauma is real. And it took me almost 15 years to get to a place that I understood my own trauma. You know, being inappropriate as a man uh, in the workplace or any other place, there's just no place for that today. Have you ever been on an off-road adventure? One where you have to travel highways, dirt roads, and maybe even climb a few rocks. If this is the type of adventure you're seeking this year, the 2021 Ford Bronco Sport is the SUV that'll get you there. Thinking about taking up mountain biking or a new trail run, the Ford Bronco Sport was built with adventure seekers in mind. Pack up your things and hit the road in this 4x4 SUV. It has been created to help make your journeys easy and possible using the Haas suspension system, high-performance off-road stability suspension system. Available off-road compatibility with available all-terrain tires. Available GOAT mode to help you go over any type of terrain. And available advanced 4x4 with a twin clutch rear drive unit. Head over to Ford.com to build and price your Ford Bronco Sport today. Bill Wild, built Ford proud. Looking for timely news coverage? Peacock's got it. Whether you need the latest headlines or a daily debrief, you can find it all when you sign up. Check out the Peacock original news series, The Mehdi Hassan Show, and Zerlina, Streaming on the Choice Channel, journalists Mehdi Hassan and Zerlina Maxwell go beyond the headlines with interviews and in-depth reporting. Stream exclusive new episodes daily. Plus, don't miss always on channels like NBC News Now and Today, All Day, for instant information on the top stories happening now. Stay current on the latest in the entertainment, sports, business, and more with curated channels streaming 24-7. For all this coverage and more, go to PeacockTV.com to sign up today. All right, so Claudia, you want to tell us more about Donald Trump, don't you? I can just tell you just you just can't can't wait to say something more. What what is it? You just said something about trauma and you know being that you used to be you know able to like blow something off like oh that was twenty years ago and I and I totally understand how that mentality is. You know what I mean? Um, I, I just wanted to say this. Um, a lot of times when people come forward, they don't kept some secrets for like more than one time. And a lot of people like I've had stuff happen that I have not come forward about to this day, and for that fear, you know, and I just want people to stop, you know, thinking that there's an expiration date on that. There's a reason you probably didn't come forward because 
it hurt too much, you were insecure, or a lot of times we blame ourselves for it. And yeah, it's so bad because there are, it's so hard to know what to believe nowadays. You have some people that are opportunists that jump on bandwagons, right? Oh yeah, me too, but it didn't really happen. And then that takes away from the women that really were raped, date raped, molested, all kinds of things. They're scared because they see the backlash that the, these other girls get and guys. And it's just, it's just so unfair. It's like a vicious cycle. And I hope we get to a place one day. And I, I commend you for having therapy and to deal with that and to, to evolve, for evolving. And people got to stop not letting people evolve. When they evolve and, and apologize for something or move forward and get past something, give folks the grace to do that. No, no, we should never just stay in one place forever, right? Like people got to stop with it. I love what you're saying. I, because we will, we have some limited time and because I want to jump in, uh, onto another topic here, colorism. Okay. But I do want to touch on this Housewives of Atlanta. And let me, let me tell you why. And okay. I'm going to share, and I think you and I talked about this, and it's mm-hmm. how the media and how, so folks can understand is entertainment. I'm sitting in Houston at my favorite restaurant outside on the patio, eating my dozen of oysters, minding my own business. A young man gets out of the uh, limo. This was about seven, six, seven years ago gets out of a limo and says, Mr. Knowles, uh, I'm the publicist for a young lady on Housewives of Atlanta, and she would like to take a photo with you. Well, those folks that know me know I don't like taking photos, and I certainly don't take photos with women by myself. I always want someone else in a photo. And I told the young man, you know, young man, I'm doing reading my emails I really don't want to do that. Thank you very much. He went back to the car. He came back out again, and he was like, Mr. Knowles, uh, my client really, really, really wants you to take a photo with her. And I said, man, I really don't want to do this. And now I'm getting a little heated because I'm like, I just want to mind my own business. He goes back into the car. He comes back a third time and says, Miss No, she just want to take a quick photo and leave you alone. I said, okay, come on, let's take this photo. We took the photo, and the next thing I know, Claudia, my assistant calls me and say, you are all over Google alerts. One of them said, Beyonce's father steps out with Real Housewives of Atlanta, Marlo Hampton. I had never seen this woman in my life. And if she walked up right now, I wouldn't even know who she was. There must have been hundreds of articles that I'm having an affair. And I just got married to my wife. I'm having an affair with a woman in the, with the Housewives of Atlanta. I've never seen this woman in my life and never seen her since. Uh, but it just goes to show how the media can eat people up. And people really believe that stuff. I totally understand your pain, Mr. Knowles. I have been linked to so many men. I don't even know who these people are, half of them or half the time. And, you know, a lot of times people weaponize the blogs against us, right? If I don't like you and I found a picture of you with someone that has a bad rep or I can link you to something, you have no no idea who the person is. You would just add an event standing next to them. I could put any caption with that picture, send it to a blog with my slant on it, trying to hurt you, and they will pick it up because they don't care about the truth. They care about clicks. 
That's all I care about. I have been linked to so many men and without anyone ever even asking me, is this true? Do you know this person? What is the relationship? I have been accused of being a homewrecker to Tom Joyner and Donna Richardson, who's a good friend of mine. I had her on my radio show to explain that it never happened. I don't even have Tom Joyner's phone number. And nope, we believe he was your sugar daddy. He paid your rent in New York City. I'm like, I wish he did. <laughs> but I paid that $3,500 every month and it hurt me to do it, but I did. And then I have a picture with Michael Jai White, good friend of mine, him and his wife at the time were my neighbors. He came to a get together at my house. They crop her out or they, they just put a, they put a close up of him and I and boom, I'm a homewrecker. I'm the reason they're getting a divorce. I have him on a podcast that I have. He says, she's my little sister. It never happened. Nobody runs with that. I did a video with Benzino. They pulled the pictures out when we're shopping in the video on set. They crop out the, the, the boom and the cameras and they say, we're together and people run with it. No one ever fact checks this. And before you know it, you have a reputation. You're a hoe. You're a homeworker. You're this. You're down low. Whatever they want to say. And no one listens to the truth. And the more you explain yourself, Mr. Knowles, I'm sure you know this, the more they say, oh, if it wasn't true, you, if it, you, know, you would just like brush it off. It must be true. And it's so damn annoying. It, it, it's certainly annoying. You know, the, the, the sad thing about it, and I want my... I want my listeners to understand better the media. It's about clicks. It's about advertising. Content is what brings the audience. But the true reason for having any type of TV show or online or it's about advertising. The number of people that are listening. Then you go to the advertiser. You say, I have a million people. That's X amount of dollars. If I have 10 million people, that's Y amount of dollars for the advertising costs. And it's important that folks understand that in today's world, it used to be journalism. 90% uh, of the time, pe people spell my name wrong. And there was a time in journalism that you would get fired for spelling someone's name wrong. They don't care. But Claudia, I want to jump in here. We have a, we have a guest that's on, uh, that's listening. And then I like to introduce her and get her her opinion of what I'm about to talk about, which is colorism. And so, Claudia, you are, you're an attractive woman. How has colorism affected you? I've been on both sides, and I've actually, one of the most painful, false narratives about myself is that I am actually a colorist, and I'm not. Once again, when I was on Atlanta Housewives, so many people went back and found little think, videos to edit and chop and screw and put this narrative out there because it was mentioned on Atlanta Housewives that I was biracial which wasn't my idea. They were just looking for a way to differentiate my storyline from Kenya Moore's. They're like, all right, let's make it about that. I don't struggle with that. I know who I am. Colorism for me started way back with, with family. Not everybody was happy about my dad bringing home this immigrant Italian woman, white woman to the States. And I remember an aunt who has since passed away saying, one time I was looking at a Ebony magazine cover that I, I like thought the bride was so beautiful. She said, oh, what are you looking at? Oh, maybe you'll be cute one day when you finally get some color. And I was like, oh, damn, I'm ugly because I'm light skinned. <laughs> and then when we got older, the narrative is, you know, people think like someone's light skinned, they're automatically attracted, which is so stupid and so ridiculous. And it's so mean to say that. And when you think about how that must make darker skinned folks feel, I've definitely uh, gone to auditions and driven an hour to get there and rushed and put on my best to get this gig and been told by the casting director, hmm. We're not looking for black girls. I go, why the hell did you call me in for an audition? You saw my picture. 
you looked white or light in the uh, pictures that your agent sent over. What? If I meet a man that says I won't date anyone darker than me and they think that I'm going to be on board with that, that's not cool to me. It's not cute. And I feel like I'm constantly fighting for uh, folks to uh, stop doing this. My young sister, we have different moms, beautiful chocolate young lady. And I just think about how hurtful some of the things that have been said must be to her. But things have evolved, right? Like, like a lot of things. The humor that people, the jokes that we used to be okay to tell that we didn't think were damaging, we now are aware that they are. So now that we know, you know, we have to take that into consideration. I want to define colorism for those uh, listening. Colorism is prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone, typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group. Let me make sure folks understand the definition typically is talking about among the same people of the same ethnic or racial group, not a different ethnic or racial group. My view on colorism is that the beautiful shades of blackness, and we have a a lot of beautiful shades of blackness from the darkest of the darkness to the light of sunlight and everything in between. And I, I just think that this all goes back to slavery. It really goes back even further before the slaves even got to America when they were on the slave ship uh, in those two years, two and a half years that it took to get even to America. Our women were raped, period. That's how colorism started. Our women were raped. So, you know, we just you know heard the story and... Oprah's interview with Meghan Markle. What are your thoughts on that? I hope this encourages people in our community, I mean, Black folks, to let's stop our divide that we do to ourselves with this colorism. We say, you can't sit with us. You're not a real Black person. You're light-skinned. You must have had it easy. Yes, there is some truth to that. There is privilege in this country because this country is jacked up. And they do do that. They do look at darker skin as threatening and aggressive and not as feminine and all this nonsense that they have, right? That is so true. I want us to stop with that because you see Meghan Markle, biracial, she looks very, 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 very fair, right? Where you almost can't even tell. But you see how these white people look at someone as light, bright as Meghan Markle, as biracial as she is. She may have some privilege in some areas, but you see she's still an N-word to them. She's all of that. Whatever amount of black blood she has in her veins is enough for them to look down on her and take away the birthright of her son to that throne. That he, You can't be a prince. So what you're saying is, and I want to get this right, Claudia, I think you made a very valid point. What you're saying is, is that inside our community, sometimes that means something uh, being a lighter complexion. But what you're saying, and I agree as to white people, that whole spectrum, if you fall in that with a tap of black blood, They view you as they did with Prince Harry, Meghan. They view you as black. And I get really sometimes offended. And I'm going to say this. When I see black organizations, let me be specific, black organizations, and I walk into the room and I see a complexion of just one type, any type, if it's more light complexion people in the room or dark complexion people, I don't like that. And I've walked in some some rooms and of organizations, fraternities, sororities, other types of organizations. It didn't feel right to me uh, that I walk into, and most of the people in that organization is 
of a, a lighter complexion of skin. That bothers me. And I hope we get past that. A lot of people, I think, are looking at that now. I think a lot of young people, and it happens in other races, in the, the Hispanic, Latinx community, the darker complexion, Mexicans are looked down upon in India. Uh, the darker complexion folks are looked down upon. So this is not just an American thing, uh, but this whole colorism, it weeds into it. white folks' racism. And we have enough as black people going on with racism to then discriminate or be prejudiced against someone that's our own because of their skin color. The day's out for that, folks. Some of you are feeling uncomfortable right now. Good. I want you to feel uncomfortable talking about colorism. Good. If that's you, own it. That's not everybody that's black, but it's some. Think of all the damage that it does to uh, to each other. You know, and, and we got to stop doing this, especially old school black folks. Stop telling your sons to bring home a light, bright girl so that you can have light-skinned kids or kids with, quote-unquote, good hair. That is so whack and so yesteryear. Y'all need to stop doing that. And brothers out here, miss me with this nonsense of how I ain't dating no one darker than me. And my Black women out there, my sisters, stop trashing light-skinned Black men as soft or, or they're gay or they, they, they ain't no real Black man. That is so bad for, like, self-worth and self-esteem. Like, you're not helping anything with that. And and, 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 and and stop doing it to each other. Like a light-skinned person being discriminated against by their own black blood that they love is painful and not to be diminished because, well, you're light, so it's not as bad. Just as bad as, as, as dark-skinned brothers and sisters, like do not diminish their experiences and what they're feeling, what they're going through. That is not cool for a, a, a young black girl to think that she needs to bleach her skin or be lighter or put on light makeup or want to be white. And we do, that is something we can't, but well, we can blame that on white people for the beginnings, the early beginnings of it. But that's something that we have picked up the, the, the torch and we've been carrying ourselves and we need to stop that nonsense and, 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 and diminishing each other. And, and we're, we're, we're splitting ourselves up and making ourselves a smaller group by you ain't a real black person or you too black. That's so dumb. And I hope we stop. So Claudia, when I was on your show and then after the show was over, uh, you and I talked about this and we also talked, and you really got emotional about mm. the sadness and how it hurts you when people just look at you and don't like you from the moment you walk in the room. Uh, and, and I could hear the sadness in, in your voice when you talked about that. That has to, to be a terrible feeling. Uh, it is. It feels like I'm constantly having to prove myself and audition for everybody I meet and, and make them feel comfortable and put my feelings aside. It's not it's not fun. It's not. Yeah, I know you're laughing, but I know under that laugh is sadness. I can I can hear it. And I'm sure. sorry that you have to go through that or anyone has to go through that. Thank you. I want to thank you for being on the show today, Claudia. We talked about a lot. You opened up and shared your perspective on quite a bit. I just want to thank you again. Keep on going on and be strong. Matthew Knowles Impact with Claudia Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Blue Moon is on a mission to bring some brightness to your life and break up the repetitiveness from its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel with a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander. Blue Moon Belgian White is a one-of-a-kind beer. It's a full-flavored beer with refreshing notes and is best served in a glass with a signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful hazy color. Did you know that this name stuck after a satisfied taster said, a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon. I'm really looking forward to trying Blue Moon's latest brew, Blue Moon Light Sky, a light and refreshing wheat beer brewed with real tangerine peel for a lighter, exceptional taste at only 95 calories and 3.6 grams of carbs per 12 ounce. Reach for a blue moon when you're in a need for some added brightness. Get blue moon and light sky delivered by visiting get.bluemoonbeer.com. To see your delivery options, blue moon, taste brightness, celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, L. Hey, yo, listen, I don't know if y'all know this, but this is the biggest back-to-school year ever. It's a fresh start to prepare them for their success back in the classroom and beyond. This is so exciting, and I feel like it's exciting for me because I get to go and shop. And listen, Coles has what you need to kick off the school year right and let your kids roll back into the class with confidence with the perfect first day of school outfits and beyond. Coles has the must-have school items like the most awesome backpacks, the coolest jeans, and the trendiest shoes, plus brands that the kids love for a great value that you, mom and dad, will appreciate, like Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. Coles makes shopping fast with free in-store pickup. Order online and pick up in stores in less than an hour. Kick off a great school year at Kohl's. Ephemeral. Stories of things lost to time or just barely saved. It kind of just fades away. Just sits around in people's houses. A forgotten pioneer of early cinema. Wow, how did anybody ever do that? Well, she started in the beginning. The fading soundtrack of our endangered planet. The sound of human advancement. It's everywhere. The instrument that scored a cultural revolution. Music was immediately central to these political struggles. Artists on the fringes. Musicians that maybe didn't really have a fair shake the first time around. And an ever-growing collection of -of one-of-a-kind recordings. New episodes of Ephemeral are available now. Listen and subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And learn more at ephemeral.show. So, folks, we're back and we have a caller, Dr. Richie Richardson, who's from Montgomery, Alabama, on the faculty in the Africana Center at Cornell University. So, Dr. Richardson researches areas such as African-American literature and gender studies. She received her B.A. from Spelman College and a Ph.D. from Duke University. In other words, folks, she's real smart. I want to bring to you Dr. Richie Richardson. How you doing, Dr. Richardson? I'm okay, Dr. Knowles. I hope you had the opportunity to hear the interview with Claudia Jordan. And when we talked about colorism, what are your thoughts on colorism in America, Dr. Richardson? You know, it has been a chronic and ongoing problem, both within and beyond Black communities. You and Jordan did a wonderful job in sketching out the range of 
issues and problems, I can only echo your concerns myself and and, and wholeheartedly agree with everything you both said. It's really disappointing that even after all this time, these issues continue to be so evident in so many aspects of our culture. You're very right in taking the long view and tracing the problems back to the antebellum era. And, you know, to think about the, the lasting impact of that um, institution, you know, this colorism then registers as, as another trauma, at least in part a byproduct of that, that tragic experience. We have to really think seriously about this and the psychological impact, the deep-seated wounds that it reflects in the Black psyche. So typical for a lot of people to deny. Folks really don't like to talk about it. It's like an issue that a lot of people associate with shame. They don't They don't really feel comfortable admitting that this is an issue. And, you know, we see it moving in both directions. And so all of it has to be addressed. Dr. Richardson, I want to thank you for coming on. I know you had class today. Um, and I know it's a tight window for you to come on, but I just uh, enjoy always having a conversation with you. Can't wait to come back up to Cornell. Hopefully we, we can do that soon. But uh, again, thank you so much for coming on to Matthew Knowles Impact. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. So folks, thank you for listening in to Matthew Knowles Impact today and listening to Claudia Jordan, uh, Dr. Richie Richardson. We covered a an array of topics today, but it all comes back most of the time to racism. And it's always important just to have these conversations. We have a long ways to go, but I'm glad that you are here, that we are all here sharing. This is Matthew Knowles, Matthew Knowles Impact, building bridges and tearing down walls. I'm out. Thanks for listening. Matthew Knows Impact is all about building bridges and tearing down walls. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of this mission. You can learn more about me, how to book me to speak at your next event by going to MatthewKnowles.com. Then getting simpler than that. And you can follow me on social media by going to at Mr. Matthew Knowles. Let's stay connected. Matthew Knowles Impact is a production of iHeartRadio and Music World Entertainment Corporation, produced by Tamika Campbell, produced and edited by Marcy DePena and Ramsey Yunt. Our executive producer is Tyler Klein, and of course, myself. I'd like to thank my team at Music World Entertainment, Lynn Almanza and Ashton Shields. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, Visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm out. The 2021 Ford Bronco Sport is built for the next generation of adventure seekers. This 4x4 is compatible with any and every trip. Its features include seven available GOAT modes to go over any type of terrain. It's also available with trail control and twin clutch rear drive unit to help get where you need to go. Head over to Ford.com to build and price your Ford Bronco Sport today. 
Built wild, built Ford proud. Looking for timely news coverage? Peacock's got it. Check out Peacock's original series, The Mehdi Hassan Show, and Zerlina, streaming daily on the Choice Channel. Journalists Mehdi Hassan and Zerlina Maxwell go beyond the headlines with interviews and in-depth reporting, and with curated, always-on channels. Peacock gives you instant information on the top stories in news, sports, entertainment, and more. For all this coverage and more, go to PeacockTV.com to sign up today.